0: Good morning, Olive Tree. Yes, the year is coming to an end. And we can all sigh a sigh of relief. Whew! We made it through. I think we can actually give ourselves a round of applause for we'll just still be standing <laughs> and just say, you know what? We love to tell the tale. What a year it's been. And as we reflect on the year, immediately, the thought that comes to mind is, uh, I wonder what next year is going to be like. We certainly hope it's going to be better, right? Um, one thing I've learned in these last two years, I, I'm really not great at predicting the future. I, um, every time when I think things are certainly going to be plain sailing from now and something else comes and just absolutely surprises me and takes me off my feet. But one perk about being a little bit older than some of you, uh, <laughs> don't laugh so loud, <laughs> is that... Uh, I get to trust in the Lord. I I get to trust to know that he is faithful. And I can just trust in his goodness in these times when it's so uncertain. And um, as Sia prayed earlier, you know we can do nothing about the past. And and his words are exactly what I'm preaching about today, is to say that the future is not for us to worry about either. 2022 is not for us to worry about. Proverbs 16 verse 9, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. So, you know, we'd love to control. we like to know the outcome. we like to know how it's all going to work out. But actually, the Lord is going to direct our steps. And we can just do what we have to do today in excellence. And he has got the future in the palm of his hands. And you know, when he works it out, he works it out way better than we could possibly have imagined it anyway. And now that we're in the fourth way, guys, we will do well to choose to literally trust in his goodness and to trust in his faithfulness. I'm ashamed to say that in my wayward past, you know, my years spent in the wilderness, and for you, you know, don't know what that saying means, is when the Israelites came out of uh, Egypt, they spent about 40 years running around in the desert uh, before they actually entered the, one, the, the, the promised land. And I did more or less the same. I was had a good couple of years that I tried to run away from the Lord um, after I've given my life to Jesus. And uh, I call them my years in the wilderness, and I literally ran a groove around that mountain, guys. But, you know, something I did in my, in my time in the wilderness, which I'm not proud of, and it was really a silly thing to do, is I went to a fortune teller. And that is the kind of thing a desperate person would do, you know? A person that is desperate, that is fearful, a person that doesn't know the future, a person that... Don't know that I can have this relationship with Jesus and that He's got my future. So, guys, if you have ever done a silly thing like me, like uh, like going to s- do a fortune teller or you read your horoscopes, or some some might even say, oh, but they're angel cards. You know, guys, there's nothing angelic about those cards or any type of, type of foreboding. You know, the Lord says it is an abomination to Him. It is sorcery. It is divination, and it's not from Him. So we, we, we can just repent right now and say, Jesus, just wash me clean with your blood because all those people do is they literally just speak curses over our lives but the blood of Jesus is powerful to sever the power those words had over our lives and um, you know when we repent we say we're going to make a 180 degree we're never going to do those things again because now we know better we're not going to read our horoscopes we're not going to look at the stars and the signs and to try and see what our future is going to bring we are going to put our trust in Jesus from today onwards now we know better you know, the enemy doesn't know the past. I mean, the enemy knows the past. He can give you all details about your past. He can tell you uh, things your words your loved one used to say just to make you have faith in what that person is saying in front of you and to take your eyes of Jesus. But he does not know the future. And the next words that come out of that person's mouth is just a curse that they speak of your life. But God knows the future. Only God knows the future. And we put our trust in him. He will lead us into it. And I'll prove to you that Jesus knows the future. Uh, Many times Jesus spoke of the future and he he, he predicted his own death. He predicted his own resurrection. Not that the disciples always understood what he meant by it. But I want to read the following story in Matthew 21 from verse 1 to verse 7. Let's just read this together. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Beth Bethphage, sorry, I don't know how you say that, but I think it's Bethphage, <laughs> at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. So you see guys, Jesus already knew that there was a donkey gonna be tied up. When he sent his disciples there, he knew that they will just go there and the guy will just give them the donkeys. All they had to do is just go. So when the Lord tells us to do something, you know, our part is just to be in obedience and just go. And I know that he has got some donkeys tied up for you and me next year. Some donkeys we have no idea of yet. When the time comes, he's going to say, you know what, my girl, just go, there's going to be a donkey for you, and I'm going to let the man give you that donkey because, just because I am your father. So we can literally let go of worries of next year. This is the season to be jolly, OK? <laughs> We can choose to have fun. We can choose to lay this year down and let let next year be in his hands. I want to read one more uh, very exciting story around the similar lines. In Luke 22, from verse 8 to 13, Jesus and his disciples prepared the Passover. From verse 8, And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There, make ready. So they went and found it just as he said to them, and they prepared the Passover. So guys, Jesus has already got an upper room prepared for you and me next year. A couple of upper rooms where we're going to go and prepare our feast with him. We don't have to worry about how it's all going to work out. All the disciples had to do is just to have faith that when he says, it will be so. And you know, they had reason to have faith in him because they've spent some time with him and they've seen him speak and miracles will happen and it was so. So it's wonderful when the Lord confirms his word for us with his power and with his presence. And we can get to get an increased expectation of him. And Psalm 23, verse 6, the word says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I really believe this verse carried me through this year that surely his goodness and mercy will follow me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And I know that that's gonna be true for next year also. You know, um, it's really, we have the right to say, I'm gonna rest, because I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord. And it's not just for these days, I believe. I also believe it's for the life you after. We have the full right and authority to relax, to have some sleep, to sing, to laugh, to dance in these next couple of days that's coming. Let's celebrate the birth of our king. I am so tired of planning, and you know, uh, I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I know my donkeys are tied up. I know your donkeys are tied up. I know your, your uh, banquet rooms and your banquet halls are waiting for you next year. Wouldn't it be nice to hear Jesus physically tell us these words, to say, hey, my girl, now go here. And I always imagine, imagine he sits next to me in the car, and he says to me, you know what, at that corner, turn left, because uh, as you turn left, you'll find an ice cream truck and the ice cream man will have a free ice cream for you just because it's hot today. I know I will turn that car so fast. I don't know about you, but I will certainly say, yes, Lord, here I go. So Jesus says to us in John 10, verse 27, we are his sheep, and his sheep will know his voice we have the privilege of hearing his voice. We have the privilege of being guided by him and being led by him, being directed by him every day. In fact, it's actually our responsibility to hear his voice. One word from God can send our life on a completely different path. When we hear his voice and we obey it. You see, the disciples had to obey it. When we hear his voice and we don't obey it, we can get off course, but you know, we can always reroute. We can always press, like the GPS, just reroute. And we can get back on track with his leading. And we, it will just take us a little bit longer to get to our destination, but we will get there. We have the key to our future. It is Jesus. He knows our future. He's already laid it out for us. He already planned it for us. The question is really not can we hear his voice. The question really is, am I a sheep? Do I belong to him? Do I follow him? There's only part of me follow him. The truth is God is speaking to us right now. The key is being his sheep. You might say, but you know what, I've been trying so hard to hear the voice of God and I just, I just hear nothing. I'm going to look at six ways today how Jesus speaks to us. Firstly, his word John 14 verse 26, he speaks to us through the word and the Holy Spirit teach us from the word and he reminds us of the word. And the, his word is his most powerful voice and it is available to every single person walking on this earth. We can open it up and we can read it. Sometimes I pray for people and they say, but I just can't believe it's for me. And that is just the enemy robbing you of the actual power of his written word. When you open it, have faith that that is him speaking to you. Just accept it. You know, it, his word is so life-giving. It was life-giving a thousand years ago, and it's going to be life-giving many years after you and I have left this earth. The thing is, is to recognize his voice, and his voice sounds just like his word. The Holy Spirit will remind us of it. Deep calls unto deep, the word says. Smith Wigglesworth says the following about the word of God. I'm going to read it to you. Never compare this book with other books. Never think or say that this book contains the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, Inspire it in totality. Read it through. Write it down. Pray it in. Work it out. Then pass it on. There we have it, folks. The power of the written word. The second thing I want to look at how Jesus speaks to us is through a thought. His voice is just like a thought. And you know, um, there can actually be three types of thoughts. The thought of the Holy Spirit reminds us of his word, or of a song that you sang on Sunday during praise and worship, or he will just remind you of what Jesus actually says about the day, what Jesus actually says about that, what does God say about the circumstances we're in right now? There are three types of thoughts that we can have. The first thought is the one of the Holy Spirit, and we can always know it's him because it lines up with his word. The second thought we can have is a thought of the enemy. And the enemy is the one that comes to compel, and he comes to torment, and he comes to bring anxiety, and he comes to bring fear. And that we can just say, you know what, we have the authority and the power to take it captive and say, no, I'm not going to think about that. Just because you thought it doesn't mean that thought belongs to you. You can grab it in that moment and say, no, this is not from God. In fact, I'm not going to go along with that. I'm casting it down and replace it with a thought, what does God say? And then the third thought we have is a soulish thought. That is a thought that comes out of our emotion and out of our reasoning. And that is normally the gray area one. That is the one that we have to bring into submission. And if that one goes wonky, we can go oh, we say, no, but what is God saying? You know, what is his promises to me? What does his word say about me? He says I'm his daughter. He says he will take care of me. He says my victory is in him. He will lead me into pastures. He will, he will refresh me. He will restore me. I've told this story so many times, but I've just got to say it again. (laughs) Uh, A little while ago, I was looking for Bella's birth certificate and I couldn't find it. And I was really stressed that I've been through all the documents, the whole cupboard of all our documents, and I couldn't find it. And Peter came in, he looked for it, he couldn't find it. And then the Holy Spirit just dropped this thought into my mind. Go and look behind the old one. And I'd already looked there several times that day. But in that moment, I recognized it, and I just said, okay, Lord, if this is you, I'm gonna go for the fourth time and look there. And I went and I took it out of the old one, out of the plastic sleeve, and there the new one was behind it. And I was so overjoyed. First of all, I was overjoyed because I found it, but most, I was overjoyed that I recognized his voice. That was him leading me, that was him helping me. And you know what, guys, there's literally every day I can give you examples. In my business, I get many parcels delivered to me, and I've got to take these parcels quickly to my customers. You know, everything's always pressing. It's always like a time issue. So as it's in my hand, I've got to get in the car, and my customers are far away. It takes me an hour there and back. So um, every now and then before I leave, I just have a moment and say, Lord, do I need to go now, or must I just wait a little bit longer? And I'll get this thought, just wait 30 minutes. Okay, okay, I'll just get my coffee. I'll, I'll just take 30 minutes and then the doorbell will ring and another parcel will come. And I go, thank you, Lord, for making me wait. Now I can take both parcels at the same time. And you know, it's the simplest things. Well, sometimes Peter will lie in bed at night and he'll just get a thought. I must check the garage door. And then he gets up and he goes and he sees the garage door. He left it open and he'll And he just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so faithful in helping us and leading us and protecting us and steering us. So yes, just a thought. The third way Jesus speaks to us and guides us is through a prophetic word. And you know, just because a person with a wonderful, awesome prophetic gift gives you the word doesn't mean that you have to take it on. You've got to take it and pray it through. You've got to test it with the word of God. It's got to line up with the good word of God. Just remember, we are always prophesying part, but it's such a wonderful, encouraging gift. Uh, a word of prophecy always confirms to you what the Holy Spirit is really trying to say to you. And if it doesn't sit well with you, you can chuck it. But if it sits with you and it resonates with your spirit, then you have to protect that word, and you've almost got to fight for that word, that the enemy won't rob it from you. Many years ago, I was in a meeting, and it was a big meeting with many people, and the, the guy that was talking, was preaching, was Julian Adams, and he was preaching on the prophetic. And he called me out, out of this audience of many — he doesn't know me from a bar of soap — and he told me about the dreams I was having in that season, and they were hectic dreams that was really disturbing me. And he told me about all the car accidents I had as a young person, how the devil tried to kill me because of this call on my life. And then he carried on to saying, yes, my story will bring liberty to many women, and in that season, I was actually heading up a Bible study with a bunch of women. I mean, he had no idea of it, but it's just God saying to me, I, he confirmed everything about my life for me. And then he spoke into my future. And he said to well, me, you know what, uh, God's made you bold for a reason, for his purposes. And I always thought, you know, I know I can be quite hectic. And I always feel <laughs> like I've got to tone it down a little bit. I know I can be a bit much. And then when I received that word, I said, you know what, he made me le- like that. He made me bold. He made me loving to talk a lot. So it's for his purposes. And even if he's made you shy, even if he's made you with a gentle spirit, it's for his purposes, but it's so wonderful when a prophetic word just comes and encourages you in that way that you are with him and he's in it with you and you're doing nothing on your own, nothing, nothing. The fourth way Jesus can speak to us is through the audible voice of God. I myself personally haven't experienced that yet. I would love to experience that. I'm really raising my expectation for next year, for 2022 about how God's gonna speak to me. I'm waiting on his audible voice. You know, if the Lord can use a donkey to speak, um, I'm still waiting for my dog, Jack, to start speaking. Nah, i ain't (laughs) kidding. In fact, actually, I'm not. It would be wonderful. (laughs) And then point number five, he can speak to us through visions and dreams. And guys, every now and then, you will get a dream and it will be so vivid to you and the detail will be so important to you. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of that dream and remind you of the detail. And it will be almost like a movie, like even now when I think of some dreams that he used to speak to me, so I can still picture that whole dream like watching a movie. And then he'll say, listen, take note here. I want to say something to you. I want to confirm something to you. Write those dreams down and pray them through. And ask the Lord, Lord, what are you confirming for me? Lord, where are you leading me in this? And if it's not clear to you, then go and pray with it with a friend, with a a fellow believer that can help you. And the Lord may reveal to them, I, in fact, just had a dream revealed to me, the meaning of a dream this week. And it was so spot on. It was all about where he wants me for this next season and that the Holy Spirit is going to lead me in it. And it just confirmed so many things to me. It's a very powerful tool, the way the Lord speaks to us in our dreams. And the sixth time, the last sign, um, uh, the last way he speaks to us I want to mention today is through signs and wonders. And um, you know, God is so faithful to perform miracles. And when we see a miracle of healing, we just so experience his love and his faithfulness. Or when he provides for us supernaturally, or he makes a problem disappear supernaturally, all these signs are that he's with us, and he will lead us, and he's got us. He's got every detail about us. I, in the mornings where I sit and have my quiet time, and actually it happened this morning again, I open the sliding door and there's a little balcony, and a little mossy comes. I don't know what a Morsi is in English, a little LBJ, you know, a little brown little job. <laughs> I don't know, but you know a brown little bird, a little Morsi, comes, and he comes and sits on the balcony. There's no food to him, I've never fed him. He just comes, and he looks at me. And I say, good morning, and uh, you know, he just lo- he's not scared of me. And he hops around a little bit, and then he flies off again. And if I say to you, it must happen every single morning during my quiet time. And I know that that's a sign from the Lord. I know that he's saying, look, this little chap is still alive. I kept him another day. I provided for him another day. Surely I'm going to provide for you another day. Surely I'm going to provide for you. I've got your future, I've got every day. Are oh, you not more important to me than that little Morsi? So, guys, we have no excuse not hearing the voice of God in 2022. Get into the word. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. He can't remind you of something that you haven't placed inside of you. Place the word inside of you. And spend some time having some quiet time with Jesus. You know, sometimes when I sit and I say, Lord, I wanna hear what, what are you saying today? And it doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come immediately. It sometimes takes a little while. And then maybe I'll just hear, you are mine. And just those three words will just be so much to me. Of course, I'm your daughter. Of course I'm yours. Thank you, Father, for loving me so. You gave your only son to die for me, you love me so. And he's saying to you today, you are mine. I created you. Every detail about you matters to me. This season matters to me. Next year matters to me. You can rest in me, I've got it for you. Guys, I just want to end off with one last question. And the question is, are you a sheep? And that, I just want to pause for a moment here, and that really means, are you a child of God? You know, Jesus says we must be born, born again. And when he speaks of being born again, what that really means is that when we invite Jesus to come and live in our heart, we become spiritually alive. He gives us his precious Holy Spirit to come live in us, and something comes alive in us. We see with our spiritual eyes. We hear with our spiritual ears. We love with the love of our Father, the love of God that he puts in our hearts. That love gets poured out of us. Our lives are completely transformed when we invite Jesus into our hearts. He makes all things new. He washes away our sins with his blood. He died on that cross for us, and took all our punishment on him. And what he gives us in return is complete forgiveness. His righteousness, a free gift he just gives to us and say, you know what, you've invited me into your heart, you made me Lord of your heart, you are free of all the sin you've ever committed. I've washed you clean of it, I've taken away all your shame, I've taken away all your guilt, and I've given you a garment of praise. So guys, if you haven't done that, the best Christmas present you can give yourself is to invite Jesus into your heart. It is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And if you've walked away from him like me, you've spent some years in the wilderness, today's a good day to return. You know, you one step away, one prayer away from being back on track with him. And he's just saying, Lord, forgive me, wash away my sins, come and live in my heart, i make you Lord of my life. The word says that we believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for us on the cross. And on the third day, he rose again. If we believe this with our hearts and we confess this with our mouth, we are saved. We know that we're gonna spend eternity with him in heaven and here on earth. 2022, he will lead us into all his good promises and all that he's got prepared for us. So I just want to pray for you. Make that decision in your heart right now. and Just say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. Come and be Lord of my life again. I give you every area of my life. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much. You still love us so much that you gave your only son to come and die for us on the cross in our place, to take all our punishment for our sins and wash us clean with your blood. Jesus, we just repent right now. We say sorry. Forgive us for our sins. Wash us clean with your blood. Come and live in our hearts. Come and be Lord of our lives. We give you our life, Lord. Come and be our king. Come and be our savior, our healer, our wisdom, our restorer, our strength, our, our rest in the season, our joy in the season. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price in full for us on the cross. We believe you are the Son of God. We believe you died on the cross. We believe on the third day you rose again. And we can just say thank you, Father, that today you have come to make our hearts your home. You give us your Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of us. And we can now say with full confidence, I am a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for reconciling us to our Father this morning we worship you we adore you we love you have our lives have 2022 have this Christmas season thank you Jesus we are now born again Lord I just pray for those who are sick for those who have COVID or or think they have the symptoms of COVID Father I just speak healing right now In Jesus' mighty name. For by your stripes they are healed. Thank you, Father, you prayed on the cross in full for their healing. And their portion today is complete healing, rest, and joy in the season. Keep us as we go this week. And yes, Father, we are excited to celebrate your birth. Hallelujah. Our King Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen, guys. Have a glorious week. Till next weekend.